Hey everybody, it's Matt. As we kick off this episode of Growing Greater, let's thank the team at WSFS Bank. They are actively helping us attract new companies and new jobs to our region. The WSFS Bank mission, we stand for service. That's the daily call to action for the professionals at WSFS. The seventh oldest and continuously operating bank in the United States, the WSFS team has become a real symbol of excellence in our community. WSFS. You know, their friends call them WSFIS. They're a service-oriented, locally managed community banking institution. They've been helping businesses of all sizes, as well as growing families with a wide range of banking services. And they continue to implement really innovative tactics to streamline the personal and business banking experience. You can learn more at WSFSBank.com. And please join me in thanking WSFIS Bank for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. This is Growing Greater, Growing Greater, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Graduation Day. It's filled with excitement and anticipation as a new chapter in a person's life begins to take shape. The energy level is bursting in the arena. Family members of all ages are beaming with pride, waving to their graduate as they make their procession onto the graduation floor. And it's a sea of caps and gowns with high fives and hugs and selfies among the students who have worked really hard to make this day a reality the pomp and circumstance unfolds. The speeches begin and the 2019 graduation ceremony of the Community College of Philadelphia is underway. This week on Growing Greater, we continue with our special series highlighting innovative and successful workforce development strategies. It's all part of our collaboration with our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia's Education and Talent Action Team. They're also known as ETAT, and they're working with academic, business, and civic organizations around the region to position Greater Philadelphia as a true premier talent hub through cultivating innovative and cross-sector partnerships. In this episode, we connected with Guy Generals. He leads Community College of Philadelphia, and he shared with us how students are not only obtaining a stellar education and college degrees, but also launching their careers. Here, Dr. Generals describes his institution. The community college is a comprehensive institution of higher learning. That's the way I prefer to describe it. Yeah. Unlike the stereotype of sort of the basic education, down the street adult education institution, we provide a wide range of educational and training opportunities from, you know, students that are in in some cases still in high school yeah. all the way through you know, the returning adult who's looking to change their lives or to retrain themselves so mm-hmm. that they can do better in their particular lives. The range of programs that we offer is 
quite enormous. We offer about 70 degree programs wow. and probably about 40 to 50 certificate programs. Do a lot of things in civic engagement and community service types mm-hmm. of things. Yep. We have articulations with just about every four-year institution in the region and around around the country, quite frankly, because our courses and our credits are fully accredited by regional accreditors. Mm-hmm. So we're comprehensive. I don't think there's anything that you may be interested in, in terms of higher education that we're not capable of offering you at least the first two years of that program. Yeah. I would be willing to bet, Guy, that the average observer would be surprised to discover that our Community College of Philadelphia offers 70-degree programs and, you know, 40 or 50 or so certificate and other related kinds of training programs. Were you surprised? You've been running the shop now for, I I think it's coming up uh, on six years. Just Um, finishing my fifth. That's correct. Yeah. So were you surprised when you discovered and decided to join this institution and had a vision for where you could take it next? Were you just kind of surprised as what you were discovering? I was happy. I wouldn't say that I was surprised. I've been in this business for over 30 years. So unlike those who may not have had the experiences that I've had in community colleges, I am fully aware of what community colleges do. Um, You may remember back during the Obama era, he Mm -hmm. really put the spotlight on community colleges in terms of them being a critical aspect of being able to turn the economy around, given the nature of uh, what we do and how many students we serve. It's often said, or it's not well known, that half of all the undergraduates in the country go to a community college. So Mm -hmm. I was fully apprised of what community colleges do. And coming into Philadelphia, I was happy to see that the foundation that had been set and the the scope of work that's being done at the college provided me with a great platform to move the college into, you know, a broader array of program offerings and social service offerings and opportunities for students who have an interest in improving their lives, but in doing so through higher education. So I was happy to see the range of courses and programs. I was happy to see the willingness to be a comprehensive and a a great institution. And um, I think that the team that we've put together to move the college to the next level is very able and capable of doing that. And that's what we're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. And I do remember the emphasis in recent years during the Obama administration and, and and other times I would suggest throughout, you know, recent history, an emphasis on what I like to refer to as options. Let's right. give people options for right. where they can get different kinds of educational training. It doesn't right. have to be a, you know, a, a standard four-year college, especially for a young person who's not quite sure what they want to do. Absolutely. And to your point earlier, to uh, an adult who wants to shift gears and recognizes that he or she needs to access some additional training. And this is a nice segue, if you don't mind me, shifting and pivoting into this, into apprenticeship programs, Mm -hmm. which uh, I know the Community College of Philadelphia is really proud of, several different apprenticeship programs. And I'd love for you to expand a little bit on those kinds of opportunities that your team is offering, especially in the life sciences, because I know there's a special one with Wistar and other ones as well. But why don't we start with the biomedical Sure. So the Wistar Star Institute mm-hmm. and the Bio BTT Biotechnical Training Program, as well as the BRT, which is a state-funded biomedical research technology program, yep. are two programs that we've had with Wistar, which has been a, a long-standing relationship. Students have the opportunity to do a summer internship. It's a two-year summer internship. They take their biology courses with us and their chemistry courses with us, and then they do bench training, if you will, with professionals and with mentors. And what I like most about it is that the success of that program, in my view, is really 
based on the fact that so many students did not know that that's what they wanted to go into right. when they came to the college. They were taking a biology course or a chemistry course as a basic requirement for liberal arts, and they saw the application to get involved in this. Mm-hmm. And by getting involved in it, it completely crystallized what they wanted to do in their lives in terms yeah. of being in some type of biochemical research environment. And so I think the numbers of stories of students who were, one comes to mind, a young lady was a a waitress. She knew she had to go back to school to do something with her life. And Mm -hmm. she literally stumbled into this program. And now she's at, I believe, Bryn Mawr. She's at Bryn Mawr studying biomedical medicine. So I think its ability to transform students' lives is pretty incredible in addition to the ability to enable students to find opportunities for work, whether it's the biomedical field or the, mm-hmm. you know, the food industry. We have relationships with dog food mm-hmm. <laughs> companies. Sure. Um, you'd, you'd be amazed at how many opportunities there are to do research in a laboratory environment. So this program has been hugely successful, and we're very happy with them. Yeah, But there are others. We recently, I guess we're now in our second year with a partnership with 1199 on an early childhood program. Yeah. We were funded through the state to move that forward. You know, it's very consistent with the mayor's push for early childhood education, for universal childhood education. So the, the timing was really good that we were able to, to move in this direction. Mm-hmm. And so the nature of that program is that students complete the program with a CDA, which is a Child Care Development Associate's Certificate, mm-hmm. but they also have 18 credits towards an associate's degree in early childhood education. Right, which can then lead to a better career path with higher Elementary wages. School, yes. Right, exactly. Right. So right. to your point, they're really heading down a path and a journey that's allowing them to improve themselves right. personally and professionally, but also financially, right. and lift themselves and their families into a better and financial you, position. You know, I mean, philosophically, that's what we try to do, mm-hmm. what's referred to as stackable credentials. We don't want to lock them into a six credits, 12 credit certificate, whereby they can't move forward if they choose to right. later on in life in a, you know, in a way that they can increase their salary and become more profitable in terms of their market skills. So that particular program, I, I consider a model for what we want to ultimately do throughout our apprenticeship um, portfolio, mm-hmm. and that is create programs that enable students to get a certificate, go to work, but also be able to stack academic credentials on top of the certificate program so that they can move forward to get an associate's degree as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to come back, uh, Guy, to the biomedical research technician apprenticeship program that you referenced a moment ago with uh, Wistar, because to me, that's one of those programs that is really life-changing. And I love the story that you just referenced about Mm -hmm. a young woman who was working as a waitress and decided to go back to school and may not have had exactly in mind what she wanted to do, but stumbled upon this opportunity mm-hmm. when she walked into the Community College of Philadelphia and saw an announcement, a posting, a description of a, of a class that ultimately led her to this program administered by Community College of Philadelphia right. and the Wistar Institute, and it changed her life. And now she's working at Bryn Mawr. Right. She's on, studying at Bryn Mawr. Yeah, studying right. at Bryn Mawr to get an advanced degree right. in right. the biomedical space. Right. And I can't imagine, and I know this for sure with other young people, that they just don't quite know what they want to do because they're yeah. not exposed to some of these opportunities yeah. until they walk into a classroom like yours at the Community College of right. Philadelphia. It's really got to be inspiring for you and your team. And I think that's part of the challenge. You know, we can provide the programs for students who know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But a major part of 
the challenge in expanding the workforce space is helping students understand what possibilities are out there. Right. And especially in the STEM field, people tend to shy away from anything that has to do with science, technology, mathematics, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, sure. So part of our challenge is exposing, demystifying, you know, those aspects of the STEM fields that, you know, historically young folks have, have shied away from. Mm-hmm. And I think this particular program does just that. You don't have to be a STEM major to go into this WISTAR program. Right. In fact, most of the students weren't. They were liberal arts majors. As part of our liberal arts degree, you have to take a certain amount of laboratory sciences. And it's through that laboratory science, the hands-on experience mm-hmm. that they receive through that, in conjunction with the opportunity to get a paid internship at the Wistar Institute, right. really transforms their thinking about what they want to do in life. So, you know, that's the beauty of that program. And in a field that is in such high demand for right. talent. Exactly. Uh, so they're almost guaranteed a job exactly. when they go through a program like that, and then an opportunity to further advance their education, further advance their right. position in their career as well, both financially and challenging themselves professionally. Right. It's a really inspiring program. When I first learned about this, and the fact that it's a partnership between Community College of Philadelphia and Wistar, right. world-class education that these folks right. are receiving, it's right. really inspiring. Right. And I will tell you, it's this journey of discovery and exploration from a what do I want to do with my life type of uh, mentality, if you will, whether you're 17 or 18 entering college for the first time or whether you're 27 and you've been working for a decade or so and you want to shift gears. You can still discover and go on a new journey. Opportunity and uh, and access. We we provide you with the opportunity to explore, to find out what you want to do, and we then provide the access to a host of career opportunities that are out there. Yeah. So, Dr. Generals, I suspect that you have had some experiences over your career at the Community College of Philadelphia where there's a student or three that really stand out who have overcome some hurdles. They encountered some obstacles and their persistence really paid off. And I was hoping you can share with us one or two of those stories that stand out for you. Sure. There are many, but I would say the most recent and certainly Many would argue the prototypical student of that nature would be Hasim Hardiman. Hasim grew up a block away from Temple University. That's what he wanted to do. Prior to being in high school, you know, single mom, mm-hmm. they moved all around the city so that his mother can put him in a decent school. But eventually they, they moved a block away from Temple, which is where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Temple turned him down. He just didn't make whatever their placement guidelines were. That must have so, been devastating yeah, for Yeah, so him. he came to Community College of Philadelphia. Mm. And with one semester of developmental education. I believe it was in mathematics. Mm -hmm. Um, He got through that and he thrived. He got into our honors program. He graduated with honors at Community College of Philadelphia, then went back to Temple, Mm -hmm. you know, and did extremely well at Temple. And then he applied and got accepted as a Rhodes Scholar. Wow. He's now studying in Oxford, Mm -hmm. Cambridge. That is unprecedented. I actually called the Rhodes Commission to find out if a community college student had ever received that. And the answer was no, he was the first. So not only is he incredibly bright and smart, and he'll probably be the governor of the state someday, but he's also a history maker in that regard. Yeah. So he's pro, you know, he's, he's the prototype. You know, we have a lot of students, Jennifer Myers, just last year, she was a, a single mom. She waited her kids were out of school and um, she came to community college and she did quite well as Mm -hmm. an honor student. She won the Jack Kent Cook Scholarship, which is the equivalent, the two-year equivalent of the Rhodes Scholar. They only offer about 50 of them around the country every year. 
and she won it. And yeah. she went to Jefferson. She completed Jefferson. I believe her, her degree is in the health sciences field. Mm-hmm. And now she's at the University of Pennsylvania. Nice. So in the course of five years, and I, could, I have a whole list of I these bet. stories, but those two come to mind. Haseem is special. He's, yeah. he's really going to be a special person. I do want to come back to, you referenced impact. And I would suggest that all colleges and universities have an opportunity to have an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. But to your point, I do think that community colleges have the opportunity to have a much more significant impact on people's lives because of the opportunities that are unexpectedly discovered, mm-hmm. like the biomedical research training mm-hmm. apprenticeship program at Wistar and the 1199C program with childcare, which I want to come back to mm-hmm. and dive in a little bit more into that as well. So that impact that community colleges can have is really significant. Mm-hmm. And, and I know you and your team recognize that and you're constantly thinking about how mm-hmm. can we evolve and transform and develop programs that are meeting the needs of our community. And in that spirit, I would love for you to share with us a little bit more about what I would call the nuts and bolts of Community College of Philadelphia. How many students pass through your doors? How big is your team? How many employees does your team have? And and a little bit about your history, because you've been around for a long time as an organization, but it's not like you're super old. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? That's perfectly fair. I'll start there. Community colleges are really young Mm -hmm. in terms of higher education in this country. If you think about the University of Pennsylvania or Rutgers University, which is my alma mater for graduate school, or mm-hmm. you know the great land grant institutions, you know the University of Pennsylvania is about 300 years old. Rutgers is close to that. Princeton is close to that. The land grant institutions are, are over 150 years old. Mm-hmm. The HBCUs, they're all over 100 some years old. Sorry, what are HBCUs? Um, historically Black colleges gotcha. and universities. Thank you. The land grant institutions are the ones that turned into the state colleges, so your Penn States and your Ohio States and so forth. So they've all got long traditions. Community colleges, for the most part, are about 50 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a few that started as career technical schools that kind of, you know, continued and evolved into a community college. Jolette comes to mind. That's the oldest one. It started in the early 1900s. But most community colleges started in the 1960s. So to the extent that institutions of higher education have long, rich histories, with alumni Mm -hmm. that have done phenomenal things, we still have yet to get there. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we have evolved to the point where we are so comprehensive and we provide so many opportunities and we provide opportunities to so many different people, and like I said, about half of all the undergraduates in the country go to a community college. I think we are the transformative institution in the country right now, much in the way, and I always give this story, people don't realize that high schools at one point were private academies. Hmm. They weren't public institutions. And at some point, society realized that in order to move our country and our economy and our social well-being forward, we had to make high schools a public institution. So that that has happened. And that conversation is beginning to happen now with community colleges. You've heard a lot about free community colleges and the Mm -hmm. Promise programs. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, people are beginning to realize how transformative they are. Because your K-12 students will age out of that at 18. But for many people, their life just begins at 18. You know, if you think of the numbers of students that we've served that are foster kids. You know, we have about close to 28, 29,000 students, 30 if you count the non-credit. Wow. About 12 to 15 percent of our students are foster kids, you know, right. and at 18, they're emancipated. You're kind of on your own. So they have to figure yep. out where they're going, how they're going to get there and how they're going to pay for that. Community colleges are prepared and are there to welcome them and to help them put their lives together and to help them, you know, put them on a path to success. So the way I like to describe it is that delta from where students start to where they end up 
I think, and this is, again, I'm a community college president, so I have my own bias. Sure. <laughs> Colleges sure. and university presidents that are out there are going to say he's crazy. But right. I think that delta, on average, mm-hmm. exceeds most of the other institutions in higher education. Mm-hmm. Because in many cases, they start with better conditions. You know, they That's have right. two parents. They, yep. You know, they've got the ability to pay. They've come from, yeah, you know. The, but The bar's a little bit the higher. The bar's a little bit higher. And we do have, I mean, it's a little bit of a stereotype because we yeah. do have a lot of students I that agree. they just don't know what they want to do. But we also yep. have students that just were released from, from prison. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a fairly robust reentry program. Mm-hmm. We do a lot in the developmental and ESL space. We have students that we teach how to speak the language first sure. and then move them into our nursing program into our, yep. our varied program. Last year we had the Keys program is it's an anti-poverty. The only way you can get into that program is to be on TANF or the SNAP program. So you have gotcha. to be on welfare. You have to qualify. You have to qualify. Yep. I can tell you stories of students that were living in their cars yeah. as they were studying to yep. be nurses, right. to be digital imaging professionals. And right. they made it. Yeah. You know, They made that trek through all of the obstacles that were put before them. Yep. And now they're walking into jobs that are $60,000 a year to start. And many of them are continuing to get their BS in. So they'll get their BS in and there'll be nurse supervisors at 100 plus thousand. So there's just the amount of transformations that happen at our school in particular, but community colleges in general, I just think are unprecedented. The importance of access to career training and programs that go beyond the traditional college education, it's really vital. And Dr. Generals and his team at Community College of Philadelphia, well, they're providing just that type of access. Next up, we dive a little deeper into one of the revolutionary initiatives that Guy mentioned as we welcome into this episode, the Wistar Institute. But first, let's thank the team at Carroll Engineering. With nearly 100 professionals and more than 45 years of expertise, Carroll Engineering has earned their reputation as one of the largest consulting engineering firms in the greater Philadelphia region. The Carroll team consistently exceeds client expectations by being responsive and reliable and professional while adapting to the evolving needs of their clients. With corporate headquarters in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, the Carroll team delivers a wide range of services, including water facilities engineering, planning and site design, landscape architecture, and so much more. Carroll Engineering is one of the preeminent partners in the civil and municipal engineering industry, and we at Select Greater Philadelphia are appreciative of their support. Learn more at carrollengineering.com. Now let's get back to our conversation and bring in the team from the Wistar Institute. So the biomedical industry in greater Philadelphia, well, it's truly having a moment. And Brian Keith is someone who's living this moment on a deep and cellular level. Brian's the Dean of Biomedical Studies at the Wistar Institute, which is located in what many call the hub of innovation, University City in West Philadelphia. Wistar is the international leader in biomedical research with a special expertise in oncology, immunology, and infectious diseases. The team at Wistar is focused on, quote, making discoveries that will change the future of human health. And in order to deliver on these advances in the research and development space, the Wistar Institute requires a world-class workforce. The challenge, how to find that talent that they need to fill these kinds of roles. Well, we just learned in our conversation with Dr. Generals that this goal is best accomplished through partnerships and collaborations. And Wistar has partnered with the Community College of Philadelphia to create the Biomedical Technician Training Program. Here, Brian provides more on just what the program is designed to do. 
The Wistar Institute is really an unusual beast in a sense that it's the oldest, as yep. far as we know, independent nonprofit biomedical research institute in the country. It happened to be on the campus of the University of Pennsylvania, and I think many people are confused and think we are part of Penn. That's right. And we're independent of Penn, both financially and administratively, but we have very close connections and a lot of collaborations with our partners there. But the Wistar Institute really you know, does basic biomedical research in just a few areas, cancer research, vaccine development, immunology, infectious disease. That's what we do. Yeah. And we're not very big. We're 31 laboratories, but I always like to say we're small but mighty. Yeah. You know, we've had a big footprint in our fields and you know, scientific excellence there, I think, is, is undeniable. And I really appreciate that you gave us that background on Wistar because it's a good foundational point. And one of the things I know and appreciate about Wistar is its deep, proud roots in greater Philadelphia, but also its connection to national cancer research kind of designation, if you will. And you know well that Philadelphia and our region is a city and region of firsts. And the Wistar is really privileged to hold at least two of those, if not many, many other kind of titles of first accomplishments, including the first biomedical research institution in the country. And I believe one of the, if not the first National Cancer Institute designated centers in the country as well. Is that accurate? That's correct. Back when the war on cancer was sort of announced by then President Nixon, the National Cancer Institute created these cancer centers, and they range, many of them, most of them are comprehensive, and they have C patients, mm -hmm. and they have population science, as well as basic research. Wistar is one of only seven, to my knowledge, uh, basic cancer centers in the sense that all we do is basic research. You know, we don't see patients, you know, we don't give degrees, that's all we do is research. So we've had that designation since 1972 and held that continuously since. And it really puts us in, you know, a very august company mm -hmm. and means we get some funding from the, you know, National Cancer Institute to help with our research. But it really sort of acknowledges, I think, the kind of cutting-edge science that we've done in cancer research at Wistar and the promise of what we're doing. And the last reviews we've had from the NCI, we've gotten their highest rating of exceptional, which I think you know, we're all very proud of. Yeah, absolutely, as you should be, because the work that you and your colleagues are doing at Wistar is really inspiring. It's really groundbreaking. And it goes beyond, I think, what most people would think of as the traditional research at the bench that gets projects from the lab into potentially commercialization and beyond. And it really has a community connection. And that's one of the things that we're here to talk about is this unique apprenticeship program mm -hmm. that you and your team have been able to conceive and build. And I was hoping you could talk with us a little bit more about what is referred to as the BRT, the Biomedical Research Technician Apprenticeship. It's a great story. And to really explain it, I'm going to back up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and, and talk about a program that's been going on at the Wistar for 20 years now, which really was the predecessor in some ways of the apprenticeship. So again, you know, Wistar, I'm the dean there, but we don't give degrees, which is odd for you know being a dean of a place that doesn't give degrees, but there it is. Right. But we have agreements, formal agreements with all other nine you know, academic institutions in the city. That's what Wistar is all about, is reaching out and collaborating. And so we do have training programs for students from high school up through 
postdoctoral fellows. Mm -hmm. So, you know, training is central mission of what we do. And we have many different training programs that have grown organically over the years. And the one that you're referring to, this the predecessor to the apprenticeship is called the BTT, which is the Biomedical Technician Training Program. Okay, yeah. And this really began with my colleague, Dr. William Warner. And really, it's Bill's vision and energies that really made this happen. He continues to really oversee the project to this mm -hmm. day. And the idea initially was to stabilize the technician workforce at Wistar. You know, in our laboratories, we depend very heavily on the expertise and energies of technical staff that help us, but they tended to turn over very quickly. And so what Bill did over 20 years ago was work with the Community College of Philadelphia to come up with a new training model mm -hmm. and take associate degree students from CCP bring them into the Wistar Institute and teach them over two summers, give them a training opportunity. I think that really continues to be unique in the country, which is, you know, some of these students are making career changes mid-career. Right. Some of them are young students who are interested in biomedical research. So it's a real mix of folks. And we bring them in over seven successive Fridays in May and June. That's when community college is closed so they can still take courses Monday through Thursday and sort of get them up to speed at the bench. Teach them how to do things correctly, how not to blow the place up, you know, how not to kill themselves and everybody else. You know, in laboratories, you have safety is key. Absolutely. Um, but also, you know, the technical steps and how to do things well. And then they go through two relatively short practicum, as we call it, sort of laboratory experiences, either at the Wistar or with some of our partners. Mm -hmm. That includes, you know, University of Pennsylvania, Children's Hospital, and some of the biotech companies in the area. And that's the first summer. And then the second summer, they get a full 12-week internship at one of those places. They're in the mm -hmm. lab doing science 24-7 with outstanding scientists learning how it's done and contributing to the work in the laboratory and gaining the skills and the confidence to be able to then compete for, successfully compete for, jobs as technicians. Right. Traditionally, those who get those are people who've gone to four-year colleges. Right. So we are now engaging a group of students so that they can get those jobs, which pay you know reasonably well. Yep. They can get paid, so many of the students need an income source. And then while they're doing that, they can you know go on to get bachelor's degrees. I mean, the vast majority of the people coming through the BTT program finish their associate's degree, go on to get a bachelor's degree. Right. And what's really inspiring is many of them have gone on to get, you know, advanced degrees, including right. PhDs. So it's a great program. And as I said, it engages a population of students that traditionally have not been a part of the biomedical research field. And it's good for them and it's great for our research. You know, when you have a diverse set of people you know, working together to solve problems, it always goes better. So I became involved in the Biomedical Technician Training Program at Wistar because a friend of mine went through it earlier. And we have an unusual background for being in the science field. We both had art backgrounds. We both have undergraduate degrees in art. And both of us had a series of, I would say, less than ideal jobs, not high paying, and then I would say negative work environments. And once she went through this program, she loved it. She went from disliking her job to loving her job. And I thought, I could do that too. And I didn't realize how fascinating science is. That's Regina Stoles, and she's just one of the many participants who have really thrived in the Biomedical Technician Training Program delivered by Wistar in partnership with Community College of Philadelphia. Regina's experience truly exemplifies how training programs in advanced fields can transform careers and even lives.
Brian, one of the things that caught my ear as you were sharing a little bit of the background, because it's nice to know that over the past 20 years, this investment of time and resources have been made by the team at Wistar, specifically around the biomedical technician training program, which mm-hmm. has now evolved into a, an additional program specifically for apprenticeship. Right. And what really caught my ear was the notion that, it, and if I can say this, it was a little bit self-serving. It was to reinforce the pipeline of folks that were working at Wistar. And now it sounds like it's expanded obviously. Yeah, that was the initial intent. And what it's grown into is, uh, I think, a recognized workforce development program Mm -hmm. in the city. I mean, so many of our graduates have gone on to work elsewhere in the city in academic and industrial labs. And people know that the students who come out of this are well-trained, they know what they're doing, and Mm -hmm. so they're really valued. Yeah. And so that program has been in existence, I said, for 20 years. And then about two and a half years ago, just before I joined the Institute, Dr. Warner, working with Dr. Anita Pepper, who's our Vice President for Institutional Advancement, Mm -hmm. put together an application to create the BRT, Biomedical Research Technician Apprenticeship. And this Mm -hmm. is the first apprenticeship in biomedical research in the country, as far as we know. So this is a whole new model. There's another first, not only in Philadelphia, but for Wistar. Absolutely right. right. And, you know, what this was and what it continues to be is students who finish the BTT program, Mm -hmm. that's a prerequisite, who want to do additional training in a specialty can do an additional essentially nine months of on-the-job training, so again, they're getting paid, Mm -hmm. and get really in-depth expertise in a particular area of interest to them. So they get a skill that is highly valued in the scientific community and get great jobs. So, and we just, within the last couple of weeks, got, we applied to get the BTT program acknowledged as an official non-traditional pre-apprenticeship program. Again, it's been there for 20 years and it's it's sort of designed as that. Sure. So it's now officially a pre-apprenticeship program and then we have the apprenticeship. So it's the first combined pre-apprenticeship apprenticeship program in biomedical research in the country. And we right. think it's a model that could be replicated elsewhere in different contexts. It doesn't have to be exactly our program, but... The foundation is there. The foundation's there, and the idea that we can, you know, do this to develop a workforce using, you know, or engaging community college students who are interested, particularly as healthcare becomes more and more of an issue, is a burgeoning biomedical research enterprise. Mm-hmm. And we need talented, well-trained people in the labs doing the work. Learn more about our Chamber's education and talent action team by visiting chamberphl.com. And as we wrap up this episode of Growing Greater, I want you to know that the team at Philadelphia Works is a key partner. A nonprofit agency serving both career seekers and employers, Philadelphia Works is the City of Philadelphia's Workforce Development Board. They fund and oversee employment services and training opportunities to really help Philadelphia residents thrive and employers access the talent they need to compete in today's market. Investments made by Philadelphia Works drive training and development-ready solutions, and through their service delivery partners, Philadelphia Works connects employers to workforce talent and career seekers to jobs. Learn more at philaworks.org. That's philaworks.org. And join me in thanking Philadelphia Works for their support of Growing Greater and of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. 
Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Karmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.